Um, today we're going to be con continuing our, our series uh, from Acts. Um, in chapter 12, a few weeks ago, we were enjoying the account of God sending an angel to release Peter from prison. Remember that? Um, and then we were strengthened by the dethroning of a tyrant when we saw the demise of Herod. And then we had a week meeting in our four sites, didn't we, around the city on Palm Sunday. And then last week, it was Easter Sunday. Uh, I was gutted not to be able to make that due to uh, a little, uh, little tummy tr I don't know why, I shouldn't start talking about that. Um, I, I, I'm really glad to be here today. I did miss that. Um, today, we're, we're, we're back in, in Acts. And we're really picking up the story, though, from before those four messages that I just mentioned. We're picking it up from chapter 11, uh, because that's where, when we were last in Antioch, uh, we were there with Barnabas and, and Saul, Paul. And they're back in the narrative today, so we're going to be hearing a bit more about them. So I'm going to read for us now from chapter 12 and verse 25, just the last verse. And then into chapter 13 for a couple of verses. And then I'm going to pray. This won't take that long. When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called Mark. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after that, after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what you've already prepared uh, us to hear this morning as people have uh, interpreted tongues and brought prayers and words. Lord, I thank you for that song, that line we finished on, that you demand our soul, our life, our all. Lord, may this be a time where we give ourselves entirely to what you have called us to. In Jesus' name, I pray that. Now, there is no angelic jailbreak today. No one gets eaten by worms. So on the surface, you might think that the plot line is a little bit thin. It says, in essence, a couple of brothers set off on a mission trip. What am I going to get out of that? Well, it's not in this bit today. But there is going to be adventure. There is going to be excitement and church building as they head off on their trip. But that's for future weeks. Today, we're just kind of looking at the launch pad, the setting off. For what is commonly called Paul's first missionary journey, which I think we can agree passes the Ron Seal test of naming things. So here we have a journey. We have a start point and we have a destination. When you hear about someone going on a journey, what do you ask? 
You ask, where are you going? You don't really ask, where are you going from? Where are you leaving? You ask, where are you going? That's the exciting bit, isn't it? But I think there's a lot for us in here in terms of where they are leaving from. So we're going to look at it. Because they're leaving from a church. They're being sent from a church. And that church is the one in Antioch. What do we know about the church in Antioch? Well, it's a model church in many ways. It's modelled itself on the church in Jerusalem. Which isn't that surprising because Barnabas was teaching in Jerusalem before he went to teach in Antioch. We can assume he was teaching a lot of the same stuff. So we can look back to the church in Jerusalem to see what they were modelled on. And then we can have a look to see if we can spot any comparisons. So I'm going to just get us to glance back in Acts 2, chapter 2. A few months maybe since we were there. But it's a great bit, isn't it? Verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So do we see any of these hallmarks in chapter 13? In fact, while we're thinking about it, we could think, do we see any of these hallmarks in City Church Sheffield? And we could be thinking, will we see these hallmarks in City Church in Shirecliffe, and City Church at Hunter's Bar, and City Church at Bradway, and City Church in Hillsborough? I think we do see a few. I think if we look in chapter two, in verse two of chapter 13, we'll see that it was while they were worshiping together. They were a fellowshipping church, they were together, and they were worshiping. We can see that they were a praying church. It mentions that they, were, they, they went on to pray. It says they were a fasting church. And we can clearly see that they were a spirit-led church. The Holy Spirit spoke to them and they followed. It was a spirit-led church. It wasn't led by culture or committees. It wasn't led by fear and control. It wasn't led by a detailed set of rules. They had the word of God. They had the Holy Spirit and they were following God. Back in uh, Jerusalem, in chapter 2, just before, and I think we looked at this last time, just before verse 42, where it talks about what they were like as a group of believers, it talks about how they came to that point. From verse 36, uh, Peter's there making his impassioned plea for people to come to personal salvation. And again, we've heard about that this morning, that moment of forgiveness of sins, of receiving Jesus, the importance of that as a starting point before becoming a church. We see him, him, him saying that, standing up and saying that, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And when the people heard, what did they do? They were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter tells them, he says, repent and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
This promise is for you, for your children. This is for children. This is for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. They've come into this personal relationship and then they've become part of this group of devoted believers, actually living it out together as a group. In chapter 11, we saw how the message has spread from Jerusalem to other churches, including to Antioch. So we know that Antioch is, 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 has this same DNA in it. And that's why it's a passage we go to when we consider what should our church life be like here at City Church. Yeah, that message still stands today. That invite is still there today. If you haven't heard it yet, if you haven't responded yet, there's still time, even today, to give your life to Jesus, to be baptized. And God loves his church. God's building his church. He's going to carry on building his church. He, he said to the disciples, uh, he pointed out what was coming uh, as he was coming towards the end of his ministry. He said, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Nothing is going to stop him. He's not just saving individuals for individual lives of worship and devotion, worshipping to their own playlist, or picking their own sermon with a catchy title found on YouTube. No, he's preparing a bride, a united body of believers. Believers that know each other. They're friends together. They're kind and compassionate to each other. You have to be in relationship to be kind and compassionate to each other. And, brace yourselves, forgiving each other. And of course, the enemy's out. He's against this plan. He's, he's out to tear churches apart. It's not always easy being part of a church, but it's vital. It's essential. We must overcome the temptation to do this on our own. We must be connected and united. I was uh, having a look at Ephesians 4 in preparing this. I could read all of it, but I won't. Um, I, I'm just going to pick up kind of how, how Paul, Paul finishes this section on the, the unity and maturity in the body of Christ from verse 15, where he says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. That is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And I just want to draw your attention to your own thinking of how you might think of yourself as a member of a body, as a part of a body. Because if you can win this battle to think and believe that you are part of the body, maybe a ligament, maybe something else, then you're going to start to live and act as if you are part of that body. And you're going to be part of building each other up, part of establishing the church, which is God's plan. It means resisting the temptation to think we won't be missed if we don't turn up. We were looking 
in a bit more detail of this in Bradway with the help of Kieran a couple of weeks ago, of what it means to be like living stones being built into a spiritual house. This is what's happening. We're a, a people. The church is a people. And maybe that's a reason to curate our own language when we're talking about being the church. It's so tempting, isn't it, to say, I'm going to church. We start to think of our church as if it's a meeting or a building. And we all know that it isn't. But we can practice with our words, and that might help our thinking to think, we are the church. I'm going to the meeting of the church because I am part of the church. What a wonderful God we've got, a God who saves individuals one by one, relating to them on an individual basis and then adds them into this family, his church. And he continues to grow that family like he's been doing thousands of years, using living stones like us. And he's not going to stop until he's done. Having said all that, there comes a time for the sake of the gospel when God sends people out from one church to go and build in another destination, another place. And here in this passage, we clearly see that happening. This is what's happening. Guys are going, they're, they're exiting this church for now. They're being sent out. Which isn't in contradiction to us growing as a family, to a church growing as a family. But it does involve these moments when people will go. There's a program called Race Across the World, which Wendy and I have just started uh, getting into. Some of you might have seen it. For those that haven't, those that have got better things to do with their life, um, let me give you a brief overview of how it works without spoiling anything. Um, five pairs of people race from destination to stage point to final destination. And they're traveling along with not much money, they've got a limited budget, they've got no phone, and they're not allowed to fly. So there's some, some, some rules around it. I, I think I enjoy it. I think we enjoy it because it's got kind of lots of elements of, of real life in there. Um, so for example, and what's more, it's kind of compressed into eight handy episodes. But there's bits of life in there. There's, 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 there's times where real good progress is made. They're really cracking along. And then they hit some kind of problem. Uh, they stall and there's a, uh, 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 they get delayed. Um, friendships are going on with these pairs of people that, that, that are being really enjoyed. But maybe at times they're after seven or eight weeks with just one other person, they're starting to, a little bit of friction might be appearing. And watching that is always fun, isn't it? Uh, maybe I shouldn't enjoy that bit, but anyway. Uh, resources run low, they run out of, of money. They can't buy their next ticket, so they might have to stop and do some work. At points, they just get exhausted with the traveling and need to have a rest. And you see everyone's personalities, their strengths and weaknesses coming out uh, as, as the, uh, the program continues. And you see people like pushed right outside their comfort zone, really uncomfortable in a totally different culture. And, uh, uh, and sometimes you see them even manage to get beyond these, uh, these moments. The first episode kind of sets it all up. 
I'll, t- I'll tell you where I'm going with all this in a minute. Keep listening. There's kind of this, this, this setup where you hear a bit of people's backstories. Why are they going? Why are they going on a journey at all? And then they interview them and they speak of their hopes and fears for the coming weeks and, and what they're going to get from this trip. So, they, so they've, got, they, they've all got a, a reason for being there. That's part of it. I guess what makes it interesting, they've got a bit of a backstory. They've got a reason why they're going. It might be that they want to... Um, recover a bit of a friendship from the past or uh, they want to escape life at home or they want to, uh, they've had some bad experience and they're kind of a bit more running away. Um, maybe they just want to win the money. Some of the reasons I think aren't very good. Some of them are all right. And then there's this time of preparation where they've, they're, they're ready to go. You know, in this first episode, they're, they're, you see them just getting towards the start line. They haven't set off. This is maybe where it helps us with our story. This is before they set off. They've done some preparation. They've got some sort of packing list. They've maybe, uh, maybe they've been given some clues as to what they might need to pack for because they don't know where they're going when they set off. That doesn't happen yet. So, so they're, they're, they've, they've done some packing. They've got some luggage. Uh, maybe they've spent some time... Uh, saying goodbye to people, arranging for someone to look after the dog, or uh, telling their boss they're not going to be around for six weeks or whatever. Uh, there's, uh, there's, there's preparation to maybe their, their mindset. They've, they've worked on their mindset, uh, you know, knowing that they don't know much about what's going to happen. They've got some knowns, but there's a whole load of unknowns. As they go, what's it going to be like? What are they going to encounter? But they've got reasons to go, and they're prepared. And I want to just use those two headings to help us look at this point in Acts. Why do, why do Barnabas and Paul go? Well, to maybe state uh, the obvious, I suppose, that there's the ends of the earth to be reached with the gospel. Um, that is a good reason to go, uh, for, so that people that haven't heard the gospel can hear the gospel. Uh, we know also that Paul you know, has been locally declaring that Jesus is the Son of God ever since... Ananias went and prayed for him and he was filled with the Spirit. So he's got mission in his heart. He's already living it out where he is, telling people the gospel. And then the Holy Spirit has spoken to them right in this moment, very clearly saying, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So they've, they've got this call from God that the Holy Spirit has revealed as they've been together worshipping God. We love to hear God, don't we? I mean, who's prayed that kind of prayer? Lord, Lord, where should I go? Tell me what to do with my life. What's my next step? Lord, how can I serve you? What have you got for me? Then maybe we also drift, uh, well, if you're anything like me, can drift towards prayers of, uh, that are more like, uh, Lord, I've got some good ideas for you. Uh, I've got some things that I think you could do. Um, Maybe they're not always as helpful. I was just really helped by Ali's interpretation uh, of the tongue earlier. Lord, Lord, this is all about what you want. It's not about what we want. This is what you want. What are you saying to us? Lord, we want to be open to whatever direction you've got for us. And yeah, we have to note here that, that God speaks while they are worshipping the Lord and fasting. Not while they're trying to tell God what they want him to do. They're receiving, they're worshipping God. And it's in that moment that the Holy Spirit 
drops into them. This is what I want you to do. They hear that as a church together. And this decision that the Holy Spirit leads them to, about where to go, which we'll find out later, is what's best for the gospel. This is where God wants to take the gospel. He wants to take the good news of Jesus. He doesn't do this because he wants to make Barnabas and Paul feel comfortable or have their needs met. Uh, we know that, 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 that right when Paul is encountering God just after, uh, in those moments of blindness that he has after, he's, he, after, after the angel has appeared to him, uh, I think it says, uh, uh, I will show Paul how much he must suffer for me. We're not supposed to be looking for just comfortable answers. We're supposed to be looking for a call to go on mission and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just a reminder that we don't need Holy Spirit revelation for everything in life because there's a good chunk of it already written down in here. There's lots to do already. If you're thinking, well, I haven't heard God yet or he doesn't seem to be speaking to me, let me show you. There we go, thousand, thousand odd pages of, of, good, of good advice, of good direction for your lives. There's lots you can get on with. So while you're waiting, read this and put it all into action, okay? I don't want this to just be about some, we've got to hear the Holy Spirit for something. We've got lots that we can do. And I love that this wasn't all done in isolation. They were together as a church. Somehow the Holy Spirit managed to speak to Barnabas and Saul and the others there uh, and, and bring them all to one mind. Uh, and, and, they, and they they then, and even then, what, what do they do? They, they spend this time preparing, even after they've heard from God. They immediately start to pray and fast. They take some time. They, uh, maybe this is their preparation phase. Maybe they're getting ready in these moments. And when, uh, and when I... Uh, yeah, when I <laughs> Sorry, Phoebe wants to go home. Um... So maybe this is a time where they're working out the detail. And in, and in doing that, they, wanna, they, they draw close to God. They want to get close to God. God's given them this big picture instruction, go. I guess they're thinking, well, where are we going? What boat are we getting on? When do we set off? Uh, what do I need to take? Who's coming? Uh, what are we going to do when we get there? Uh, and, and there's this time they spend in prayer and fasting, seeking God, drawing close to him, not rushing to the action, not not. not running out the door, dropping everything, leaving behind what's there. Maybe there's a, a time in that for, for finding out or preparing their, their hearts and minds for what's coming, for the unknowns that could be ahead. Maybe it's a time for them to reflect that it might not be all, all be easy when they go and they're preparing their hearts for what might be coming. The whole church has time to get involved in praying for each other, in praying for these guys before they set off. And maybe considering the changes that it will make to church life where they are. Back in Antioch, there's going to be a hole left as these two guys go out from amongst them. I imagine that Barnabas and Saul weren't the kind of guys to just drop and run and say, oh, well, good luck, we're off. Uh, I imagine they're wanting to help the church. 
to, uh, to work through the, the inevitable sense of loss and, 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 and change that comes from this change that's built into the, the change that, that, that's there when, you, when they go. Then we have this moment of the laying on of hands. In verse 3, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. So there's this outward sign that all together the church is sending them. Everybody is involved. It's not just two guys leaving, it's two guys being sent. They have felt the support and encouragement. Maybe there was prayers and prophecies given at that time to help them on their way, to strengthen them. And maybe, uh, well, definitely there would have been a spiritual impartation as hands were laid on them. Agreeing in the Holy Spirit, something sealed as they're sent. We've done that here, haven't we? And we expect to do it again. And the whole church is supposed to be part of that process. It's amazing. The Holy Spirit, the individual and the church are all in agreement. And that, I think, is a healthy launch pad. Now, you might need more than this morning to consider your own personal application of what we can glean from this passage. Yeah, God might have a bit more work to do on one or two of us before he sends us overseas on an extended apostolic mission. But he might want to be doing something in the decisions that you're making now, the things that are in front of you this week or this year, whether that's just a, a, a trip into school tomorrow or something bigger than that. I don't know what, what trips, what, what uh, breaks, what, what you might be thinking about going and doing and where you might be going and doing it. Maybe you're going to go away for a couple of days. Maybe you're going to visit some friends or family, maybe in another country. It's a moment we could maybe pause and think, why am I going? It's good to think about why are we going somewhere, isn't it? Is this just because, well, we feel like it? Or is God actually sending us? Is actually God want to do something as we go? Is, is there something to happen while we're there that's of not just a holiday or a break or a bit of personal comfort, but, but something that God wants to renew or God, something God, God wants to, uh, uh, us to take to where we're going and to impart something while we're there? We're carrying the Holy Spirit around people, so we should be interacting with those when we're out and about whether that's just down the road or whether that's in another country. So thinking about the reason we're doing things can just lead to these great moments where we see and know that God's with us uh, and, and we see the fruit of that. I just want to raise one example of a trip that's coming up this year where there's a reason to go and there's preparation needed. And that's New Day Festival. We believe as City Church that our fuel leaders and fuel, it would be good for them to go there. We're right behind them going. We're excited that some of them are able to go. There's plenty of information, videos and, uh, and, and, and emails laying it out. Uh, so if you're thinking that you might be going or that you should consider going, and I encourage you to have a look at those, to consider them and consider why you might go to New Day. 
And there's lots of preparation going on at the minute, like menu planning and... Um, uh, what else? Uh, oh, I know. Uh, what to sleep in. We, we retired a lot of tents last year, so we don't yet know what, what people are going to be sleeping in. But, but don't worry, there's some planning to do. There's some preparation to do. That's okay. There's time for us to do that. But we want to pray that that would just be a great opportunity uh, uh, for, uh, for encounter with God that would bear good fruit. So I know that that's something we're going to be, want to be praying about. Our prayer means uh, tonight and at other times, or maybe not tonight, but at, at, uh, uh, yeah, Dan says tonight. Yep, yep, we're praying about that tonight um, and, and, and at other times as well. But we can be praying and remembering our young people. This is something we are doing as a church, sending some people on a short trip. Right, here's an observation. As much as this passage so far have, and I've talked about has been about going well, I do note that only three of them actually went. The third one was John Mark. He goes off to help as well. That's a spoiler. Get that next time. Which means the overwhelming majority stayed in Antioch and carried on being the church in Antioch. So if all of you are feeling a bit like, oh, oh, everybody's got to go, or I've got to be the one to go, then don't worry, don't worry. It's not for everybody to go. There's lots, lots of us need to stay as well. Um, there's, there's other options. Uh, and it's a good option as well. It's a good option. It's God's call for, for Barnabas and for Saul was to go. It wasn't the call for everybody. He specifically singled these guys out, and that's why they sent them. He didn't say, the Holy Spirit didn't say everyone should go. So everyone else stayed. And so I want to put it to you that staying and being the church is just as good as going. Not that we need to necessarily compare or work out which one's best or not. I'm just saying they're both really good options. And when we stay, I think equally, we need a good reason to stay and we need to be continually preparing ourselves to stay as well. If we've not been called to go, then we have been called to stay. Deliberately, intentionally, it's God's plan that we stay until we go, if we go, which we might not. If we're staying, there's a deep need, as these guys had here, to believe that they were part of the body. They must have grasped that they were part of the body, because in this moment, they're there doing the sending. They're laying their hands on. They're not skipping that, because it's not to do with them. It's still a whole church activity that they are part of and that they are doing and they don't withhold themselves from their brothers and sisters they invest in them and they encourage them as they send them i know i know there's a temptation to think of ourselves as as on the edge or or outsiders or maybe part of the body but maybe a bit like an appendix you know is, does it really do anything do i really need to, does it really need to be there Okay, no one's an appendix, okay? No one's an appendix here. You're part of the body. You're called, you're, 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 it's so sad if people think of themselves as not part of the body. We must think of ourselves as part of the body. We all became part of the body the same way. 
as Paul would have instructed them, I'm sure, like he did the Galatians. So, so, it, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ and have clothed yourselves with Christ. That's how we became part of the church. That's how we became saved, the work of Christ. So we're all equal in that. We all became part of the church in the same way. We all need to stay part of the church on the same basis. And we know that he helped the Corinthians understand as well, that they were one body with many parts, with Christ as the head. He says that, he said to them there that, that they should have equal concern for each other. He says, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Another thing we get a, a, a bit of a big building up of the picture of here is uh, in, verse, in verse one, which I haven't really uh, mentioned much now, which is this list of, uh, of half a dozen people that were part of the church. Um, a, a small snippet, a, a representative, but it's so quick and easy to see, isn't it? That, that there was, uh, there was a, a racial and educational and economic uh, and gifting diversity, you know, just amongst those half a dozen, never mind the whole church. It is wonderful that God is building a church that, is, uh, that, that doesn't have those kind of, those things aren't kind of seen as differences. They're, 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 that's, that's a wonderful thing that God is building a diverse church and calling all in. I'm just going to finish by suggesting three ways in which we might want to respond. And my invitation will be for us to respond to all three of them. This isn't a choice. This is a, uh, an invite to, to respond in all three ways. And, and it's really an invite to the church to respond all together as well. This isn't really a one or two of you might want to respond uh, separately on your own in a corner. This is uh, my suggestion today is going to be that we all respond together. I think if the Holy Spirit could unite the church in Antioch and them all agree that Paul, Barnabas and Paul should go uh, and the rest of them should stay, then the same spirit can unite us as a church to, uh, to stay on mission or to go on mission. Just a word to those in the room that are maybe visiting today. Uh, I don't mean uh, to exclude you. You might need to just work out your own application in, in the church that you are a part of. Um, but that's fine. Stay amongst us. Don't feel uncomfortable. Uh, but that might be your specific application. Uh, if, if for those of you that, that are around us a lot, that are looking in, uh, but aren't members, uh, two things really, I suppose. One is, uh, come with us. We'll do you good. Uh, come and talk to us. We'll show you how to get more involved. We can talk uh, about uh, where you are theologically, where we are, where we're agreeing on things, what we need to talk about. Uh, we can help you get baptised. We can help you join the church if that's what God's got for you. And if you want to respond with us today, that's absolutely fine. If that's your direction of travel, you can join in with this. It's going to be a very broad uh, way in which we respond. So to get to it specifically, 
The first thing, I think we can want to be openly listening to the Holy Spirit for the call to go. It's quite hard to say as someone who helps lead a church. And we can be especially looking to hear that call when we're together and we're worshipping. And I don't know when the Holy Spirit will speak to us in that way, but we can be ready to hear, can't we? That's what we can be. We can be ready to hear. And we can be ready to hear for ourselves and we can be ready to hear for others. That's not a wildly open invite. This needs to be carefully weighed. But we can hear for ourselves and we can hear for others. And, and that includes any of us. That includes me. Barnabas and Paul were leaders in Antioch and it was them that went. Don't be unduly unsettled by that thought. If it's God's will, if it's God's will, he will make it happen. Even if he needs to use a big fish to help. But we can trust him to make it clear as we pray it through together as a church. It's safe for us to be open with God and open to him, to what he's got planned. Secondly, we can want to be refreshed in our calling to be part of City Church Sheffield. If you've been around or were born more than 10 years ago, uh, you might remember from time to time we would have commitment evenings where we would all gather uh, and freshly assert our current uh, commitment to each other and to God as a church. We haven't been doing those so much lately, but there was something about those moments uh, where, where it made sure we were, we were very current, we were very present. We weren't just here for historical reasons. And that was good, but I don't think we need a commitment evening to do that. I think God can speak to us and do that in us today, anytime. We're not called to go, then we're called to stay. Let's stay with faith. Let's stay for a good reason. Let's keep preparing our hearts to be part of the church in Sheffield ongoing. And the third thing, if I can try and uh, communicate this, I don't know. Uh, we've seen, uh, we're just maybe in recognising that where we're at at the minute is that we're kind of staying, but we're also kind of going at the moment as a church. We're carry on, carrying on being one church, but sometimes we're meeting in four sites. And it feels to me that's like a bit of a mix of staying and sort of going together on mission. It's not directly uh, out of this passage, but just as I was thinking about where we are as a church and what's happening, I felt that this one needed to be included. I know we might be processing this in different ways and through different lenses uh, and uh, in, uh, be more or less excited about that uh, and what it means. Maybe some of you think we're going too slow. Maybe some of you think we're going too fast. Maybe some of you don't think we should be going at all. But my prayer today is that the Holy Spirit would lead us to unity in what we're doing and that we would all be helped and led by the Holy Spirit into what he has got for us.
Of course, church life isn't all about a Sunday morning. Okay, there are lots of other times we gather in different ways. Many kids will be meeting around the city again this week and their kids will be getting together and being part of the church together as they hang out at Mini Kids. I could list off all the other opportunities there are for us to get together. Uh, we'll be praying tonight and you're welcome to join us for that. Soon, I think, we'll be restarting Warm Spaces. Possibly we're going to have to give it a new name uh, now that it's the spring, summer, rather than the winter. But Fridays is a time where people can come and hang out here in the building. There are lots of times, maybe you're just going for a walk with a friend or having a cup of coffee with someone. You'll be in the church because you are the church. If the band want to come up, and as they do, I want to pray for us. I want to invite you all to stand and respond as one to be in the church, to being open, to hearing him. If the Holy Spirit says to go, we invite us all to give ourselves afresh with faith to all that God is doing with us as a church. I want to invite you all with whatever little or great faith you've got to bring yourselves before God and let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for the ways in which you've been speaking to us all through our gathered time this morning. I thank you that when we meet, your Holy Spirit is with us. Lord, I thank you that you are about your purposes of building your church, of preparing your bride. And I thank you that we're called to get involved, to be part of that. Lord, I pray. I pray that where the enemy whispers to people, that doesn't include you. And you want to shout loud and clear to them, that does include you. Come along, be part of it. It's not easy, but it's good. I pray that people would respond to that invite from you today. And I pray, Lord, that you would help our prayers to be, Lord, not our will, but your will be done in City Church in 2023. Lord, would you lead us by your Spirit? I pray for anyone who's hearing the call to go. Lord, anyone that's hearing that call this morning from you, it's time to go somewhere else, that we will be able to weigh that together as a church and reach a place where we're sending, prepared, going for a good reason and we're sending well. And Lord, I pray as we go, there will be this overwhelming, this constant taking your gospel, Lord, taking your gospel wherever we go, Lord, whether that's just about our normal routines, our normal workplaces, or in Paul's case, his new workplace. Lord, I pray that as he goes into that new workplace, be taking you, taking your gospel with him, Lord. Lord, for all of us, to be walking, knowing your spirit, giving us opportunity and appointment. 
Lord, that your church may grow. Lord, do us good as we give our lives fresh to you, to all that you have planned. Help us to humble ourselves, knowing that you'll lift us up in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.